Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. 1-800-Flowers is giving guys everywhere an awesome incentive to order their Valentine's bouquets early. Right now, 1-800-Flowers is offering up to 40% off their best-selling bouquets and gifts, but only while supplies last. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. All right, glad you're with us, and happy Friday to all of you. I'm in a great mood today. I am in Houston. Many thanks to our affiliate down here, News Radio 740 KTRH, and their hospitality has been so amazing and fun. And it's, it's like a Super Bowl atmosphere everywhere you go downtown, and it's a, just a lot of fun. We're going to be doing our TV show from here tonight, which I think you will uh, enjoy. I think it's going to be fun to do that here as well. Anyway, a lot going on in the program today. Let me tell you one thing we are monitoring and watching very, very closely. And that is there appears to be an emerging showdown with Iran. And I will not be surprised if at some point this ends up being a big deal. Now, let me if you can pull up the lineup for tonight. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Sorry, I'm in a different studio. So anyway, so it started with the Iranians, of course, breaking the U.N nuclear agreement and test firing ballistic missiles now this was the dumbest thing that the obama administration did on top of every bad economic data point that i would give you on a regular basis there's nothing worse than what they did with iran and paying ransom and giving them the right to spin centrifuges keep their program and giving them billions and billions of taxpayer dollars at the end of the day because that otherwise would be our money that we deserve all right so go to the a block yeah so what I'm trying to say is there's now we've got a case. So after they fired the ballistic missiles, the Iranians, then we had uh, General Flynn go out there yesterday, and General Flynn says, we are putting Iran on notice. We're putting Iran on notice. 
And now Donald Trump has weighed in, and now he's moving forward with potential sanctions. And today the Trump administration showed the world, I think, that they mean business. They imposed these new sanctions on 13 individuals, 12 companies, in response to the Iranian missile. And a Navy destroyer has now been moved to the coast of Yemen. I have no doubt that eventually it'll make its way up the Straits of Hormuz. On top of that, Trump tweeted out, Iran is playing with fire. They don't appreciate how, quote, unquote, kind President Obama was to them. Not me, he says. Also, Paris is on high alert after a man with a machete and and two backpacks tried to enter an area where French soldiers opened fire as he was yelling, Allahu Akbar. Shocking. This never happens. I, I can't believe it's such a shocking bit of news today. Then the threat the president is trying to protect Americans from, he tweeted today, a new radical Islamic terrorist has just attacked, he was talking about what happened in Paris, in the Paris Museum, and tourists were locked down, and France is on edge yet again. The U.S. needs to get smart. So the Trump administration, what is he doing? This is another promise. He's making good this morning on his threats to punish Iran for their ballistic missiles test that was illegal. That was against the agreement that they made, the, one, one of many agreements that they signed. Now, if you go back and look at North Korea and how they played the United States, they play a cat and mouse game. And they'd get money from the Clinton administration. Then the Clinton administration would go in, make a deal, give them more money, and tell them, you've got to stop. You've got to start being good people. they say, okay, sure, we'll start being good. Give us billions of dollars. Then they'd wait a period of two, three months, and then they'd go back to their old ways. And then the Clinton administration would go in and give them more money. So then we, they ultimately would be using our money to become a nuclear power. Here's the problem here. You cannot marry radical Islamic terrorism with nuclear weapons. And if you do this, I guarantee you that the world at some point is going to see a nuclear holocaust. So anyway, the Treasury sanctioned 13 individuals, these 12 businesses that Reuters reported, several of which were based in the United Arab Emirates, Lebanon and China. The president then raised the stakes with that tweet this morning that they're playing with fire. This is on top of they've been put on notice. And the White House suggesting just before we came on the air today that more sanctions, even military action, could be on the way. And the president dramatically raising the possibility of military action against Iran because of this missile test. Here is a truth that we just have to face. And you're going to say, Hannity, you're a warmonger. No, Hannity's not a warmonger. And we can't fight wars like we did in Vietnam and send Americans to fight, bleed, die, and win, and then pull our victory, you know, everything they've fought and gained, and then walk away because it becomes politicized in Washington, D.C. You know, when brave Americans fight, bleed, and die to the tune of 5,000-plus in Iraq and Afghanistan, and then we politicize the war, and the very people that sent these guys to war— and these guys go and win Mosul and Baghdad and Ramadi and Tikrit and Fallujah. And then all of a sudden we say, man, never mind. How do you look in the eye of a parent that lost their son or their daughter fighting and winning? They were, they were ordered to win those cities only to politicize it and then hand it over and create a vacuum for ISIS. So ISIS not only has a launching pad for their worldwide terror network, but the financing because they have the Iraqi oil because we didn't even protect that on our way out. That's how stupid we are. Now, this will probably be, 
if it comes down to it, taking out the Iranian nuclear facilities. This is going to be one of the most sophisticated and one of the most difficult military operations we'll see in history. Now, if you go back to the 1980s and when the when the Israelis took out Iraqis' nuclear sites, or more recently, a number of years ago, when they flew under the radar and it got very little publicity, but they took out Syrian nuclear sites as well. Nobody really paid attention in the world. The, the Israelis are fantastic at what they do. Here's what I imagine could happen, which is going to be very different than starting a war with Iran. What's Iran going to do? Is Iran going to come over here and try and send soldiers? They'll be blown out of the water before they get 15 feet uh, to the coast of the United States or, or 15,000 feet before the United States. But it, what, the, what the Iranians cleverly did, they're evil. Yeah, they're evil. They're the number one state sponsor of terror. But what the Iranians did is they spread their nuclear sites all over their country. And they have a lot of landmass. And what they also did is they buried these nuclear sites deep underground. So the process of taking out those sites, and they do have somewhat sophisticated. Remember, part of the, the Obama deal was to allow missile defense to be built with Russia. Part of the deal was they could continue to spin their centrifuges. You know, so they do have a pretty healthy Air Force, although it won't compete with the U.S. Air Force. But what I can see happening is an alliance emerging. And this might be the most unlikely alliance you've ever heard of. But I could see the Saudis. Remember, they're Sunnis. I could see the Egyptians. I could see the Jordanians. And I could see the Israelis. And I could see the United States all teaming up and together taking out those nuclear sites. And if we don't do it at some point, I'm not saying we have to do it tomorrow. If those sites are not taken out in the next number of years and the Iranian mullahs, the number one state sponsors of terror, if they get a nuclear weapon, then I will tell you what would stop them from using it. What would stop... Where is the conscience and the soul of a radical Islamist from using a nuclear weapon that they have developed with the help of a United States president, ex-president now by the name of Barack Obama? What would stop them? I don't know if there's anything. And this is now going to be the moral litmus test for the world. They, you know, Remember, Bush talked about the axis of evil. They are, they are evil. And I think if Donald Trump is saying, you've been put on notice. I think when Donald Trump tweets, Iran is playing with fire. When he tweets, they don't appreciate how kind President Obama was to them, not me. And he now begins to move with sanctions, and they're not taking off the table a military option. What would the option be? Is the option going to be to bomb innocent people in Tehran? I don't think so. Remember, Obama had that chance in 2009 during the Green Revolution to step up and support in solidarity, those people that were quoting Lincoln and our founders and our framers, and he did nothing. He turned his back on them and then ended up working with the radical extremists that run Iran. So it's not going to be, oh, let's bomb Tehran. It's going to be a direct attack on their nuclear facilities. Now, if you use the bunker-busting bombs that we had once used in Iraq that I am told of only we've only improved the quality of, if you couple that with our ability to fight a war from Tampa, Florida, if you couple that with we have the best Air Force in the history of mankind and the Israeli Air Force offering support, 
and the Jordanian Air Force offering support and the Egyptian Air Force offering support and the Saudi Air Force offering support? How much do you want to bet if the Iranians keep this up? We are going to rock their world, and it's not going to be American men and women knocking door to door to door to door to door and getting hit with IEDs and having their legs blown off and their brains blown out. That's not a way to fight a war anymore. We've got to get more sophisticated. So I'm taking you down this road because I can absolutely see this happening. Now, also, since last Friday, when President Trump issued his executive order, what the alt-left radical lying propaganda colluding media told you was a Muslim ban, which it is not, more fake news. Anyway, more than 100,000 visas have been revoked since the order on immigration and travel was signed. Now, there's 100,000 people that might be at risk to you and to your families. Is it worth the gamble in your mind to allow them into the country or not to have them convenient so we can say we're a really sweet and kind and a nice country and please don't hurt us if we let you in? No, that's called being an adult. Anyway, so uh, the number came to uh, in a question, in an answer to a question from a judge about how many people have been affected by the order from the Office of Immigration Litigation at the Civil Division of the Justice Department. They also said no returning legal permanent residents. Those with green cards have been turned away. And that was part of the controversy. Now, just to be a little more specific as to what Trump is doing here, he dispatched, you might remember, the USS Cole. That is a heavy destroyer. It's armed with guided missiles. Their job now is to patrol the waters off the coast of Yemen. Remember, there's been a proxy war with the Houthis or whatever they're called fighting the Saudis. But they're basically, like everything else the Iranians do, they, they've been fighting proxy wars against everybody in Israel and the United States. Remember how many people the Iranians were responsible for killing in Iraq and Afghanistan. So I'm sure that they're going to notice the deployment of the USS Cole, which was bombed by the al-Qaeda terrorists while at the port of Yemen. That was back in 1999 in an act of war that is yet to be avenged. The coal is larger. It's more heavily armed than most previous ships that are classified as guided missile cruisers. Its weaponry includes over 90 Aegis system radar-guided missiles. Significant serious damage can be done with this. And the U.S. has moved a Navy destroyer there to, um, they were arrived in the vicinity off the Straits of southwestern Yemen. So that's moving forward. We have some good economic news we'll share with you today, some job growth news we'll share with you today. Uh, Trump now eyeing a possible rollback of Dodd-Frank, which is good news. We've got an NBC hit piece on Neil Gorsuch that we'll share with you. And time for the Trump administration to maybe start looking at George Soros and funding of radicalism. I'll explain that today. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN. We're in Houston. Super Bowl Sunday coming up. We've got a great TV show for you tonight as well. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Bringing jobs back to America and getting America back to work. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We're in Houston, the site of the Super Bowl. It's the Falcons and the Patriots. We'll do some predictions with my team at the bottom of the hour. 
couple of other good news on the economy issues that came up today. President Trump looking to roll back one, if not the most damaging regulatory disaster imposed by the Obama administration, Dodd-Frank, which had lending uh, to small business in a stranglehold ever since it was passed. And President Trump's now planning to reevaluate Dodd-Frank Wall Street reform in a move that could lead to major changes in the regulatory environment. Anyway, meetings with business leaders since taking office, he consistently keeps hearing complaints about federal regulations. And, you know, Trump's expected to sign an executive order directing the Treasury Secretary to consult with regulators about what needs to be done to fix Dodd-Frank and report back within a relatively short period of time. And his Secretary Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, has not been confirmed yet, but he could get a full Senate vote next week. So we'll watch that closely. The uh, other thing is the job growth, U.S. job creation, is soaring since Donald Trump's not even first two weeks in office. Business is now moving to take advantage of the new administration's plan to cut regulations, uh, lower the tax rates, and Obamacare, and roll back some of these oppressive EPA measures. And anyway, America added 227,000 jobs in January, a 50% increase over December's 150,000 jobs. And the unemployment rate is, uh, you know, still early. Construction added 36,000 workers. Financial services hired 32,000. Healthcare gained 18,000. Manufacturing barely added any jobs, but it's going to take a while to get this money into the system and get Americans that desperately need jobs back to work. It took about two and a half years for the Reagan economy to really take hold and, and start showing explosive growth. The Bank of England, uh, governor of the Bank of England, his name is Ben Broadbent, the deputy governor of the Bank of England, says Trump's election victory has been positive for the British economy. Quote, you've seen business confidence rise, particularly in the U.S. You've seen financial markets get more optimistic, and I think it's having a great impact on us. So far at the margin, it's been positive for global sentiment, and for that reason, to that extent, for all of us. I'm sure you're not going to hear about that on NBC, ABC, or CBS. We have another fake news story, an NBC hit piece on Neil Gorsuch that turned out to be fake. All right, football predictions next. Then we've got a lot more coming up on this edition of the Sean Hannity Show from Houston, Texas. 1-800-Flowers.com is giving guys everywhere an awesome incentive to order their Valentine's Day bouquets early. 1-800-Flowers has amazing deals on elegant, stunning bouquets that are sure to wow the women in your life. 1-800-Flowers has a wide selection of beautiful rose bouquets and arrangements, and the best part is they start at just $29.99. These breathtaking roses from 1-800-Flowers, they're picked at their peak, and they're shipped overnight to ensure freshness and, of course, your loved one's amazement. Simply pick your delivery date and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. 1-800-Flowers. They have exclusive offers just for Hannity listeners. Today's offer is up to 40% off best-selling bouquets and gifts that are perfect for Valentine's Day, but only while supplies last. When it comes to Valentine's Day, don't settle for anything but the best. 1-800-Flowers.com to get amazing Valentine's Day deals like up to 40% off all their best-selling bouquets and gifts while supplies last. Just go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. So why wait to wow her? Order now at 1-800-Flowers.com. The one thing you can always count on. Sean Hannity is back on the radio. 
All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. We're in Houston. Many thanks to our big, massive 50,000-watt killer station here, News Radio 740, KTRH, and their hospitality uh, today. All right, so the Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. That means you got to pick a team by now. Uh, the person I'm most interested in asking, though, is Linda. Because Linda knows nothing about football. Isn't that true? That's pretty accurate, I think. It, you have to put your mic up and a little bit higher. Okay. Jason, can you turn the music down and turn my By microphone By the way, my up? niece just walked in. You remember my niece, Cassie? The yeah, one who ended Notre she, Dame? How's she doing? Cassie, talk on the headphones. Say hi to Linda. Hi, Linda. Hey, girl. How's married life? It's great. Awesome. Thanks for asking. No, no worries. Now, she's a doctor. She delivers babies. How many babies did you deliver today? Uh, well, today I was in the OR. Doing this is a microphone. You have to actually talk into it. You can't. I, I didn't. I wasn't delivering babies today. Today I was doing gynecologic surgeries, so I did about six of those. Six surgeries today. Wow. And uh, how many babies do you deliver on any given week? You know. Um, roughly ten to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Now, as an uncle, when you were growing up, how great was I? Number one uncle. <laughs> Why? Because I gave you a college scholarship. Thank you, Uncle Sean. Yeah, see, thank you, Uncle Sean. All right, I'm going to ask you your football picks in a minute. All right, uh, so do you know who's playing in the in the Super Bowl first? Yes, I do. Linda, I know who's in there. All right, are you going by colors again? You got to speak a little louder. I don't hear you too loud. I'm Go going by up. colors for this you know. uh, for this football game. Yeah, you know. and for those of you in America who think I'm screaming, I am because our boss is deaf. So I apologize you know. to you, listening America. All but, right, I can yes. hear you now. You don't have to yell anymore. Go ahead. <laughs> So how, so my question is, who are you picking for the Super Bowl? I, um, I'm i going by colors, and I don't like red and black. So I'm going with the other team. Cause, so uh, you're going with colors, and you're not even going to watch the Super Bowl, right? You're going you're gonna to watch oh God, the Puppy no. Bowl, or you're going to watch the Lingerie Bowl? I'm going to be watching the Puppy Bowl. Okay, if I had a choice and I wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl, I'd watch the Lingerie Bowl. I am shocked to hear that. I'm shocked. I think every guy would pick the Lingerie Bowl over the Puppy Bowl. But I might, because I love dogs, I might... I might DVR the puppy bowl so I could watch that later, but I'd watch the, the lingerie bowl just in case there is a wardrobe malfunction that we need to talk about the day Well, after. I think I'm going to boycott it all just because it's so liberal. And no, I you can't. haven't watched the Super Bowl your whole life, which is pathetic. Every no, no, American I, watches I watched, the Super Bowl, and I you're watched, the only one that doesn't watch it. I watched like five minutes last year. I did. Five minutes? Yeah. What'd you watch? The halftime show? You yeah. watching Lady Gaga this oh, year? Oh, God, I wouldn't watch her. I mean, no, I would Ugh. watch it if she fell off the stage. I would like to see I, that. Uh, all right, so let's talk to some real... F- and how many points are the Patriots going to win by? Uh, <laughs> it's radio. you got to talk. I have talk. no idea. I don't even know you how many... You never are at a loss for words. But I don't even know football. how many points they can have. I don't know. Let's say, I don't know, 100 points? 50? 100. Know. Okay, so you're gonna you're picking the, the Patriots by 100 points. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, Jason, who do you got this year? You know how I am. You know how I am. I, I despise the Patriots, but I respect them. So this is but a heart I, and head I, issue. This yeah. is a heart versus head issue for you. I'm, Who are you I'm picking? Not, I'm not going to be a candy ass and go with one and then say the other. So I'm going to pick the Falcons 29-24. 29-24. All right. So you got them by uh, five. All right. Fine. Uh, Ethan, what do you got? I got the exact opposite of Jason. I think England's going to win 29-24, but England's going to win. They got too much. New England's going to win by five. 29-24. You guys are given exact scores. Sunshine, who do you got? I definitely pick the Patriots. I love them. I don't know by how much. I'm not really that into it, but I you love know. them, so they're going to win. 
Uh, so you think the Patriots are going to win, but you don't know by how You have to pick by how many? A hundred. A <laughs> hundred. Nobody picks by a hundred. What is wrong with you people? All right, Kristen, who are you picking? Come on, get into the microphone. You know I'm not a sports fan, Sean. I don't know. Maybe the Patriots because I'm in the Northeast now. By a hundred? I mean, no. Like seven. Seven. All right, Patriots by seven. All right, Cassie, who are you picking here? Come on. And she, what, what is this dog you got? I just gave her the answers. <laughs> what did you? <laughs> I said I thought I just gave her the answers. Just kidding. Oh. Um, yeah, no, I agree. It'll be the Patriots, and I'll say by three. How about that? All right, I got the Patriots by ten, although I prefer it be a much closer game. And, and this is not – I am very, very impressed with the Falcons. I really am. Matt Ryan has been unbelievable, but I think he's going to have a much harder time against the Patriots defense – and you, you can't. And I'm also supporting Tom Brady because now everyone wants Brady to, you know, to denounce Donald Trump. So now I like Tom Brady, who I've always admired. But ugh, he's like the guy everyone likes to hate. That's why Deflategate got blown into something it never should have got blown into because they don't like the good-looking guy that wins the Super Bowls, that has the good-looking wife, and it just you just want to hate him because he keeps winning. And I like him now because he's not betraying his friend Donald Trump. So for that reason, and I met Robert Kraft. Now, we have a big Hannity tonight. We're getting into this showdown now that is emerging between Iran and the United States and Donald Trump and Trump uh, instituting uh, sanctions against them. He's saying Iran is playing with fire. They don't appreciate how kind President Obama was to them, not me, and being put on notice that uh, like they were yesterday by General Flynn. And now we're sending the USS Cole off the coast of Yemen. So we're going to get into that. We'll have the latest on left-wing agitators. Then we're talking football tonight. Stephen A. Smith, Chris Carter, Jim Gray, Tiki Barber, Joe Namath, Tim Tebow, and Bob Kraft, who is the owner of the Patriots. So that's all coming up tonight. Hannity, 10 Eastern here from Houston. No, I'm not staying for the Super Bowl. If I stay for the Super Bowl, I will be useless to all of you on Monday because you don't get home. The earliest I'll get home is 8 in the morning. And I don't sleep on planes on red eyes. And you just, it's called a red eye for a reason because it makes your eyes red and you're tired. Anyway, so I'm going to put my niece on. So my, uh, my niece says, how old are you now, by the way? And you got to speak into the microphone. Speak into it. 30 years old. Okay. So what made you, this was an interesting thing. You decided when to become a doctor. I decided um, pretty early on, actually. In high school, I would candy stripe. And I think that's when I my interest in medicine really um, first developed. And then, let's see, in college, I also did a lot of volunteering in medical in the medical profession, and then some study abroad, um, mm-hmm. where I worked in Uganda. Well, you work for Smile, the Smile Train, yes, exactly. And that's I think when I really decided that I definitely wanted to be a physician. How could you be a part of my family and do all this work for free? I don't understand that. Oh, that's right, because I helped you. That's why. Thank God you have a good uncle. Thank you, Uncle Sean. All right, but here's the question. So then you went to Notre Dame. How did you like Notre Dame? I loved it. Yeah. All right, so then you go to Houston Medical School, right? What was the name of it? UT Houston. Okay, and then you become a doctor, and uh, and, and you work at a hospital that is it fair to say that there are a lot of poor people at that hospital that are, that are patients? Um, well, uh, or the cur- one you did work. Cur- currently, I'm an OBGYN resident. I'm in my uh, last year of training, and so we do work with um, some poor patients, kind of the whole spectrum. What percentage went uh, when you were at one particular hospital? Wasn't it like eighty percent of people didn't have any insurance or the ability to pay at all? You told me, right? Well, a lot of the if you're uh, pregnant, 
you qualify for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So I'm not pregnant. You know, technically, uh, they have Medicaid, so they're insured. I don't qualify. <laughs> oh, so and Medicaid, but in other words, now here's the sad part, and I'm, this is not. We're not talking about. This is just something that happens. How many stories have you told me about girls that are maybe as young as 19 having their fourth or fifth child? Quite a few. And, and, and what do you say to them when, you know, and they don't even have, they don't have money, right, to take care of the kids they have. They're not wealthy. And so they're poor, they're very poor people and they have four or five kids and they're not even 20 years old. How is that possible? With these patients, I like to discuss birth control early on. Mm-hmm. All right, and so you give them birth control talk, but they still keep coming back, some of them. Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. It's the first time in life she's ever called me sir. I can tell you that. Okay, so then the next question is, how many, what is the youngest a girl came in to your hospital that you delivered a baby for? What's the youngest age? 13 years old. Oh, my gosh. What, 13 years old? Yes, sir. And, and Yes, sir. You never <laughs> call me sir your whole life. All right, and and what did you say to her? I think in that instance, you just have to be compassionate for the patient. I think that she was young. She didn't know what she was getting herself into. Um, She probably, unfortunately, didn't have the best role models growing up. And so um, when a 13-year-old girl essentially comes in and she's having a, a child herself, you have to be empathetic and kind and compassionate oh, listen you've been you're you're the kinder you're on the kinder side of our family i'm on the ugly side of our family i'm the mean one but on, on a serious note i mean i feel so bad for them and if you're 19 you what what is like an age that a girl had five kids at like the youngest age or four um i don't know if i could say the youngest age but i do know the other day i was um i delivered a patient it was she was 24 years old and i believe it was her eighth baby eighth child now, could she afford all these kids? I don't have access to her bank account. But the well, did she have Blue Cross Blue Shield or Medicaid? Medicaid. So that means she probably doesn't have a lot of money, right? Yeah. I mean, that's sad. I mean, because then their whole lives are what? Raising their kids, and then they don't have enough money for the kids. They don't have any money for babysitters. They don't have any money for good schools. They, you know, their whole lives... And it's sad. I think you've really hit on a point, though. They grew up in an area that nobody, they didn't have any guidance. They didn't have an uncle like me yelling at them about drinking and drugs. Do you remember all those speeches I used to give you when you were younger? I don't know what I would do if it weren't for you, Uncle Sean. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm, now the sarcasm comes out. Now the, now the Hannity side comes out. No, but it's true. I mean, obviously, these girls weren't afforded the same luxuries that I was. So no, I'm it's very true. It's sad. I mean, it really is... You know, because all those kids, if you're like me, you believe they're born with potential to be bright and contribute and smart. But if you're 24 years old, now you got eight kids. uh, Your life is for the next 18 years, at least, you know, serving those kids. You don't have time to do anything else. You can't. I have two kids I can barely raise. And one of them is now in college. It's ridiculous. Anyway, well, it's good to see who's you got the Patriots by. Yeah. okay. At least you didn't say by 100. Like some people that work for us, like Linda. Is that really necessary? I just asked the guys. I don't know anything about sports. I said, isn't there a game where you can get that many? And they said basketball. And I yeah, said, that's See? called basketball. That's well, I didn't know that. It. You didn't know that. Do you ever watch TV? Do you ever Not follow, really. Do you ever read the sports pages? 
you know, you 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 have newspapers in your office. She's you read the same newspapers I read every years? day. There's a the sports pages, you know, a separate section, or it's in the back. Listen, I'm friends with Stephen A. Smith. If I need to know something, I'll call him and he'll tell me what to say. No, he'll tell you what to That's say. Right. Well, obviously, he'll give he me the four one one. He didn't tell you to pick the blue team by a hundred because you picked by but, color. But for the record, the last three years I have won the, all the pools. Yeah. By the way, a Connecticut woman says her hatred for Donald Trump made her run over a police officer. This is now Trump derangement syndrome raging out of control. Anyway, she, uh, ha- a, a woman in Connecticut accused of trying to hit a police officer with a car in court on Friday. She's 58 years old. Her name is Eileen Pierce. She tried to hit the officer on purpose that was directing traffic at a tree trimming site. On Route 69, drove her Subaru wagon directly at the guy, screaming out the window, shaking her fist. The officer, thank God, got out of the way, and police say narrowly missed the guy and the tree crew, and apparently missed hitting the tree, tree crew. And when Pierce was pulled over, the troopers said she was rambling several times that she was upset with p- police and that officers are being murdered because they tend to abuse people or people are being murdered and officers are murdering them, noting that she was angry at Donald Trump being president. Well, this is really getting nuts. You want to talk about sanctuary cities. Now, we do have the gr- governor of the great state of Texas is going to be joining us in the next hour, Governor Abbott. I lo- Governor Abbott's such a good guy, such a great governor for the state of Texas, the perfect guy to follow up for Governor Perry, who I also liked a lot. And uh, we'll talk to him about sanctuary cities. They're now raking in $27 billion from American taxpayers. And what the governor here did is pretty smart. He said, okay, Travis County, you want to be a sanctuary city? That's fine. We're going to cut off all state funds for you. Now, if a city is cut off from state funds and Donald Trump follows up on his promise to take away federal funds, well, that means these cities are going to go bankrupt. And that's perfectly fine with me if they don't want to obey the laws of the land. We're also going to look into the Clint Lawrence case after I brought it up with uh, President Trump in my interview. There's hope that this man that saved the lives of his entire platoon that is spending 20 years in jail uh, because these guys were dropping IEDs on motorcycles and he had to make the order to save his troops. Anyway, we'll get to the, an update on that. Phil Robertson, the star of Duck Dynasty, is checking in with us today. And we'll have much more. I want to remind you, Hannity, tonight, we're going to have a blast tonight. Hannity's going to be fun. Sean Hannity. All right, as we roll along, we're in Houston, Texas, the site of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, a great Hannity tonight, 10 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. All right, when we get back, we've got a lot of ground to cover yet today, not the least of which is all of the sanctuary city battles that are going on. The governor of the great state of Texas will join us. Also, will Clint Lawrence get a pardon? We'll delve into that issue and Phil Robertson as we continue from Houston, 800-941-SEAN. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity, and Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, and a 10-year warranty. 
Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. There are over 300 cities in this country that are sanctuary cities like San Francisco. Um, And you're not only choosing to disavow the law, but you're adding sanctuary to people who come there and disavow the law. Um, In 2010, one of the illegals slaughtered my son. He tortured him. He beat him. He tied him up like an animal. And he set him on fire. And I am not a one-story mother. This happens every day because there are no laws enforced at the border. We have to start giving American families first. This is not bad to not put Americans first. You know, we have families that fought and died for this country. How do you reconcile in your head about allowing people to disavow the law? And the second part of my question is this. If you need to go home tonight and line up your babies, as you say, and your grandbabies, which one of them could you look in their eyes today and tell them that they're expendable for another foreign person to have a nicer life? Which one would you like to say? You, my child, are expendable for someone else to come over here and not follow the law and have a nicer life. Well, again, I commend you for sharing your story. I can't even imagine the pain. No, I I can't even imagine. There's there's nothing, I'm sure, that can compare to the grace that you have. And so I pray for you. I pray for you. And again, we all pray that none of us has to experience what you've experienced. So thank you for channeling your energy to help prevent something like that from happening. But I do want to say to you that in our sanctuary cities, our people are not disobeying the law. Uh, These are law-abiding citizens. It enables them uh, to be there without being reported to ICE in case of another crime that they might bear witness to. Will my son's killer get sanctuary in your city once he's let out of jail? I'm sorry, dear? Will my son's killer get sanctuary from the law in your city when he gets out of jail? Was your son um, in a sanctuary city when this happened? Houston is. I was just outside. Is is that where your son, was he a victim of somebody in a sanctuary city? Uh, It was was a spoken policy at that time. It was not written. But most of the suburbs follow the big cities. It doesn't matter. You've lost your son, and that's the important thing. But I I just do think that we have to... uh, uh, stipulate to a set of facts, and the fact is, is that no, uh, no, your son would not get. That's not what the point is. The point is, is that you do not turn law enforcement officers into immigration officers. That is really what the point is in a sanctuary city. Uh, so it's not a question of giving sanctuary to someone who has uh, uh, is guilty of a crime. Uh, they they should be deported. They were well, so, to be deported. So many stories. sent to jail for what they do. So many stories. If, uh, if you can catch them in time. All right, uh, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. We're in Houston, Texas. Many thanks to our affiliate here, News Radio 740 KTRH. Uh, obviously, we're here for the Super Bowl. We got a big Hannity tonight. That was a friend of the program. That was Laura Wilkerson. We had her on just recently and talking about the torture and the murder and the death and the burning of her son. 
And so she was at the CNN town hall with Nancy Pelosi. I'm sure that was a big ratings getter. And you just heard Nancy Pelosi say, well, well, no, but they're not disobeying the law. They're law-abiding citizens. Well, number one, they are breaking the law. We have immigration laws. They didn't respect American law and American sovereignty, number one. So they're not law-abiding, and they're not disobe- they are disobeying the law. And when she said they're law-abiding abiding citizens, they're not citizens. And she didn't really care to give a rip about the fact that this has happened more times than we, we've ever known. So I was down here in Texas a couple of years ago, one of my many, many trips to the border, about a dozen trips I've taken, helicopter, all-terrain vehicle, boats, uh, horseback. And, and this, I've been there when people were arrested. I've been in drug warehouses. I've been there when gang members are arrested. I was doing a show with Governor Perry and a group of people. They crossed the Rio Grande like 75 feet from where we were on the air, breaking the law while we're right there. The governor of Texas at the time. So I sat through a briefing. If you remember, this was a briefing that President Obama was supposed to go to, was invited to by Governor Perry. He said no. And I said, well, I'll go. And Governor Perry was gracious enough to bring me to the briefing. And then law enforcement briefed us and showed us. And I've showed it many times, shown it many times on TV in, a, in an eight year period, seven year period, 642,000 Texans were victims of crimes, including murder, including rape by illegal immigrants. This is Texas citizens alone in an eight-year period. Anyway, so we're here for the Super Bowl this weekend, and I figured while we're in the great state of Texas, a friend of the program, Governor Greg Abbott, is joining us, and he has followed through on his threat. He's cutting off state funding for Travis County because of their new sanctuary policy that they've adopted, and they have canceled criminal justice grants that they usually administer to the county whose Sheriff Sally Hernandez recently announced that the department would reduce its cooperation with the federal immigration authorities. In other words, cooperate in enforcing the laws of our country when they request an inmate be flagged for possible deportation. The policy was set to go into effect. The move appears to target about $1.5 million Travis County dollars that they were due to receive this year from the Criminal Justice Division of the Governor's Office. And also Donald Trump has pledged as president that there will be penalties to sanctuary cities as well. Anyway, Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas is uh, with us. How are you, Governor? What's going on? Well, uh, Sean, uh, I'm I'm in Houston myself uh, getting ready for all of our Super Bowl celebrations. And we are excited about uh, the way that Houston is shining for the entire country and, frankly, the entire world uh, and showcasing what we have to offer. But at the same time, we are in mourning. We're mourning for the tears that woman was shedding. There's absolutely no reason why any family member should ever cry over the loss of a family member because of a sanctuary city policy. So this week, I have put the hammer down on Travis County, and the defunding of the program from the state of Texas is just the beginning, because also this week, we uh, 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 had hearings on legislation where we're going to pass a law in the state of Texas that not only bans sanctuary cities, but we're going to make the penalties so stiff that they will have to comply. We will be uh, putting fines on on cities or counties. Uh, We will be further uh, reducing any funding from the state of Texas. Uh, We will be seeking court orders that could lead to uh, 
actions that could actually put these sheriffs behind bars. We're not going to mess around. We're not going to tolerate. We will not accept any more sanctuary city policies, period. Well, what does it mean? What would it mean for Travis County? Let's assume that President Trump now, I think he has a pretty good track record in in two weeks keeping his promises. So I've got to believe that his promise on sanctuary cities will be part of his immigration moves. And he's even talked about it now since he has been president. What if federal dollars similarly were cut off for Travis County, state dollars and federal dollars? What would that mean for Travis County? The financial consequences would be so extreme they would have to abide by uh, the requirement that they abandon uh, their sanctuary city policies. So uh, what what the president is promising to do, uh, coupled with what the state is doing, uh, will ensure that we will rid ourselves of these ridiculous policies that put Texans and other Americans' lives at risk, uh, like Kate Steinle. And and Kate Steinle is not an isolated incident. Uh, as, As you know, this has happened multiple times in the state of Texas and many other states across the country. And this is murder by public policy. It's a policy decision now by Travis County. It's a policy decision by Jerry Brown and by California uh, and policy decisions by other people to allow these criminals to roam free. And these aren't people who are coming here for a better life, Sean. These are criminals. The the reason why we're seeking to hold them behind bars and keep them behind bars is because they have committed crimes, just like the guy in California had committed crimes multiple times. We've had the same thing happen in the state of Texas. These people deserve to be either behind the bars or out of the country. You know, I I think I probably have covered the border more than anybody else that I know in the media. I I mean, how many ranchers in Texas have you heard about that are finding dead bodies of of Mexicans and others on their property because these people can't make the trip? Right. Well, remember this, and you're talking about only one aspect of the transnational gang activity, and and that is drugs. Uh, which is extreme, and it oh, could firearms, gangs, we have it all. Firearms, but remember this also. Uh, another part of the transnational gang uh, business, where they make money, uh, is off of extortion, off of kidnapping, off of murder, off of hit killing. Uh, these are are, are uh, dangerous, deadly killers. And if we do not secure our border, we're doing nothing other than being an accomplice to importing crime. And that's why we have to secure our border. Uh, protect our sovereignty, and protect the safety of the citizens of our state and nation. Well, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, i got to give, really, the people more than anybody else, uh, Jan Brewer is the governor of Arizona. i got to give her a lot of credit. I give your predecessor, uh, Governor Perry, who, by the way, I'm really happy that he's now in the administration. I think you are, too. I know he's a good fan of yours. He's told me. And you've done a great job. You've followed up uh, on your own, and and I think that Texas has really led the way as it usually does. Um, well, so I'm, I'm very happy. It's, it's, if every state would do the same thing, now, I don't expect Governor Cuomo. Can you? Be, I'm like a I'm like a homeless person. Do you understand in terms of political representation? <laughs> I don't have a congressman. I don't have a senator. I don't have a governor. I don't have a lieutenant governor. Do you realize not one politician in the state of New York will take my call? Not one. And and that, that's why you I need like to adopt a governor, invitation. adopt a senator, and adopt a congressman. Now, you have the open invitation to still move to the great state of Texas. I know. Uh, I'd move here tomorrow, except my work is up there, and they won't let me move unless you want me to uh, quit. Uh, but but to, to emphasize what Texas has done to demonstrate what states can do, 
is that yeah. because the Obama administration was not securing the border, the state of Texas from our own taxpayers, we spent close to a billion dollars two years ago yeah. to add more officers, more planes in the air, more boats in the water Good for to you. do the federal government's job to secure the border. I've, I've got to run. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Patriots. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, Governor Abbott, you're a good man. God bless you. Hopefully I'll see you in the course of the weekend, although I have to leave early on Sunday. Uh, Thanks so much for all you're doing. We really appreciate your leadership. Stay up to date with the latest news and expert opinions as Donald Trump takes office. Stick right here with The Sean Hannity Show. All right, Sean Hannity Show, as we come to you, we are in Houston, Texas. Hannity tonight, 10 Eastern, we got a great show. Number one, the showdown is now ratcheting up with Iran as they have been put on notice, and the Iranians are saber-rattling. Dr. Gorka, who is the deputy assistant of the president, joins us. We'll have the latest on these left-wing agitators tonight, and we're going to be talking football with a lot of great people tonight. Bob Kraft, the New England Patriots owner. We'll talk to Tim Tebow, Joe Namath, Tiki Barber, Jim Gray, Chris Carter, Stephen A., my buddy. He's coming on tonight as well from Houston. Let's get to our phones. Ryan is in Pennsylvania. Ryan, welcome to Houston, the home of the Super Bowl and the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hey, uh, you're so confident that the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. I have a great idea. How about if they lose, you give your audience a treat and read the Nasty Woman poem. But you have to read it in character. How about that? That's a great idea, and what, right? Uh, and what are you offering me if the Patriots win? I would let that up to you. I'm giving you... I the, wouldn't, wouldn't, no, you want me to be Ashley Judd, and you want me to <laughs> read that vicious, horrible, nasty poem? That is well, you know, I like. Poem. I'll tell you why I want the Patriots to win this year. I'm going I'm to be, and I'm a Jet Giant fan. Remember, the Giants yeah. are the only people twice that you know Tom Brady and and the Patriots would have six Super Bowls, but for Eli Manning and the Giants. Right. right so I'm a Jets Giants fan. I know being a Jet fan is very painful, but putting that aside. I will tell you the attacks against Tom Brady I find so over the top, so obnoxious. Everyone declaring he's got to distance himself from Donald Trump. No, he doesn't. He can say whatever he wants to say. And because the left-wing, alt-radical left, colluding media is so angry at Brady because he's friends with Donald Trump, I'm supporting Brady just for that reason. Now, with that said, I've been very impressed with the Falcons this year, very impressed with Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is an unbelievable quarterback. I actually think this is going to come down to defense more than offense. Matt Ryan is facing a hell of a defense in the Patriots, and the Patriots, are, they're facing their own trouble. So I just hey, give the edge because Brady's been there, and the and Belichick is so good at what he does. Good question. I'm not, I'm not reading that poem. Hell is going to freeze over before I read, hey, I'm a hey, nasty woman, as nasty as the blood on my bed sheets. No, I'm not doing that. it. I heard you say that, and it made me laugh. I listen to your podcast every day at work, and it made me laugh. I'm so not. Much, and I thought to myself, how great would it be if. Yeah, how great Hannity would it be to humiliate Hannity and have that go viral? Uh, no, be, thank you. Do you realize I get the crap beat out of me enough every day, and you're trying to put me in a position to get the crap beaten out of me more? Why? No, you don't like me very much, do you? Would go nuts. The snowflakes would go nuts if you did it. But it, but then your audience would be happy. It would be good publicity and bad publicity. <laughs> but publicity is publicity. So you are. Great. So but the point is, you're not giving me a bet. You're not giving me an incentive. If you put ten thousand dollars on the line versus my reading the poem, I might think about it. I'm about to go 
make a uh, <laughs> GoFundMe page and, and give you the ten grand. You can donate it to a good charity. <laughs> I would, if I had ten thousand to throw away, uh, I'd give it to nah, you. Now, listen, I'm only I'm only messing with you. Look, I don't have a dog in the hunt, to be honest, which is why I'm headed home before the Super Bowl. I'd rather watch the Super Bowl at home so I don't have to get home at seven in the morning. Anyway, let's just hope for a good game. I couldn't read that poem for a, a million dollars. I I just ugh, I get the creeps even thinking about it. All right, we got to take a quick break. How can we get brave soldiers pardons they need desperately? That's next as we continue from News Radio 740 KTRH in Houston. Let me ask you about the power of, of the pardon, which is absolute for a president. One night, I know you were watching my show, and I had the mother of this young sailor who is spending a year in jail because he took six pictures for his own use in a submarine and you were comparing it. Would that be something early on you would consider? I'm actually looking at Christian it Christian right I think it's very unfair in light of what's happened with other people. And like, I think it's very, very Did you hear unfair. the story of Clint Lawrence, another guy? He got 30 years. He was doing his job protecting his team in yeah. Afghanistan. We're looking at a few, a lot of, those a few of them. All right, that was my interview, of course, 25 now till the top of the hour with the president, uh, the first week in office. And I was asking about two people, cases we have followed very closely on the show, Christian Saucier and Clint Lawrence. And I was very, look, I didn't, I don't go in with an agenda, but I felt there was such a double standard in the case of both of these men. In the case to Christian Saucier, a year in jail, away from his one-year-old baby girl and his wife and his mom, and all he did was take six pictures of a submarine, and as the president pointed out, uh, he had actually watched the show that I had that I had Mrs. Saucier on my program that night, and he co- started commenting it on the campaign trail, so I thought it was appropriate to ask him, and in the case of, of Clint Lawrence, I mean, he's going to spend 20 years in jail, this guy, and all he did, there had been a series of incidents where IEDs were being run into American troops by guys on motorcycles. He never fired a shot himself. He gave the order for his men to defend themselves. And then it turned out since the case, since the the judicial trial went on, that they actually found DNA evidence that proved that he was right because they had DNA that matched those that had actually planted the improvised explosive devices. It's unbelievable. And what I think the president was referring to, of course, in the case of Christian Saul, was Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton and and all the data that she had that was top secret and special access program data that never should have been in a mom and pop shop on a private server in a bathroom closet. Anyway, Duncan Hunter has been the point person on this. Congressman, California, Representative uh, Adam uh, Kinzinger is with us from Illinois. He's also trying to help out in both cases. In the case today of Clint Lawrence, Sean Parnell is a retired infantry captain, New York Times best-selling author of the book Outlaw platoon. Lieutenant Colonel John Mayer's with us, former DOJ attorney representing Clint Lawrence. Welcome all of you to the program. Congressman Hunter, um, I know you did a follow-up. I think you saw the interview that I had with the president, and you have sent a letter to the White House. Is that true? Yes, sir. And, and Sean, thank you for doing what you're doing. I mean, to, to have you talk to the president directly from, from your mouth to his ear, that's how we get this fixed. Um, n- number two, we need to treat the Pentagon and our warfighters like warfighters, not a, like an IBM corporation. We need to get 
give them the, the benefit of the doubt when they make decisions on the ground in real time in combat and give them the benefit of the doubt and not let the bureaucrats back here in D.C. judge somebody for what they did in Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria, name your name your country. That's that's going to change now. I think we have the right president. We have the right sec def. We have, we have guys like you talking about this. And, and I'll tell you, too, in my office, we, we have worked dozens of these cases, some some not as extravagant or as, as crazy, but we work these all the time where, where guys are getting screwed over every single day by the bureaucrats back here for what they did on the ground overseas. In hey, Congressman, how is it situation. possible there had been multiple incidents? He had just become the platoon leader uh, in Afghanistan, and prior to his arrival, he was told about numerous incidents where guys were blowing people up, Americans up, by using motorcycles. Then he sees motorcycles heading towards his platoon. What do, how do we dare second-guess his decision no, to protect uh, American up. lives? And this isn't Los Angeles. It's Afghanistan. And the answer is, we're at war. He's a platoon commander with a bunch of men under his command. You, you kill the guys that are driving their motorcycle or car at, at your convoy. Because, I mean, that's, no. that's how they blow you up, and they did that all the time. Vehicle-borne IEDs. So that's what you do in combat. You, you kill those guys so that you don't have to send home young American men back to their parents in a casket to Dover, Delaware. That, that's what you do. He made the right decision, and we're going to save his life. I was very proud of the president when he he went to meet the body of, of the SEAL Team 6 member the other day, left the White House, didn't tell anybody where he was going. And, well, he did tell the media, but they had to keep it secret for the time being. Went and met the body when it arrived and, um, and met with the family. Was there two and a half hours. And I think it's a big difference from what we saw in the last administration. Uh, Congressman uh, uh, Kinzinger, I, I understand you're not as conservative as me, but... If if you're working on this case, I give you a lot of credit. Thanks. Look, I, I give a lot of credit to, uh, uh, as, as Duncan said to you, but, you know, look, Duncan has been working these issues a very long time. We worked an issue about a year or so ago where some pilots had been accused of drug use, totally untrue and everything, and, and got that fixed. And I think what you're going to see now, what I'm excited about seeing is a very big difference between, you know, in essence, lawyers making combat decisions from the safety of their Pentagon office for the last eight years now to uh, an administration that supports the warfighters, that understands that when you're on the ground, when stuff hits the fan, when you you have a decision to make in a split second about whether you're going to make the right decision to save your men or uh, and a risky one at that that you're going to be supported and uh, and so I'm excited to work with with Duncan Hunter on this and and I think the Trump administration will do the right thing and uh, and we're going to be here continuing to bring light to these kind of issues where injustice has been done for the people willing to put their lives on the line for us. Well, uh, I am glad that the president said that he was looking into it. So that uh, Lieutenant Colonel John Mayer, you're you're a former DOJ attorney. You're representing Clint Lawrence. What is the status? of the push now to get the possible pardon, at least a commutation, but I think a real pardon is necessary in this case. Uh, and I know the president's only been in office two weeks now, but it's, uh, you know, two more weeks that he's in jail of a, what, 20-year sentence. Sean, thanks so much for having me, and I'd like to personally thank you and your staff, as well as uh, Congressman Hunter and, and his team, and, and uh, Congressman Kinzinger, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir, and, and your staff for joining to, to really push this case forward. The case is currently on Fort Belvoir with the Army Court of Criminal Appeals, and uh, the briefings are complete, but the evidence that we have now that the DNA shows that the people that Clint was accused of, of murdering were indeed the enemy, and by virtue of the strength and reliability of the evidence, we really believe that the appellate process, like you say, we can never give Clint a day back in jail. And to the point that uh, Congressman Hunter said there, too, our soldier and Marines and, and Air Force personnel and sailors that are over there, they're not a police department. And regrettably, I do think that they're being measured and evaluated in their split-second combat decisions as if they were police officers here in the United States interfacing with a citizen, and that's just not the case. You have to Does he know about the question that I asked the president? I'm just curious. 
Oh, yes, of course. As a matter of fact, uh, Sean, if I may say so, I was with Clint Lawrence in the United States Disciplinary Barracks on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we told him about that, and he was elated, and all of the soldiers, uh, they have access to the television, and they saw the program, and they were just delighted uh, at your effort. And Congressman Hunter, on behalf of the entire Lawrence family, uh, I have to say, sir, the words that they came up with were your personal courage and your leadership uh, to really begin to spearhead and join ranks with Sean uh, to bring this to the new administration for a fresh look. Sean, talk about your experience experience and how you're involved in all of this? Well, I, I mean, I was a platoon leader, an infantry officer um, in eastern Afghanistan, and I've been in hundreds of these situations. And, you know, I, I totally agree with, with Congressman Hunter and, and Representative King, uh, Kinzinger. It's like you should always give the benefit of the doubt to the combat soldiers on the ground. And I think the difficulty is even more acute in environments like Afghanistan or even Iraq, where the enemy doesn't wear uniforms, can readily blend in with civilian populations. You make the call with the best information that you have available at the time in an area where IEDs, vehicle-borne IEDs, suicide bombers are very prevalent, uh, and you make the call in the best interest of your soldiers and to accomplish the mission, and, and that's exactly what Clint Lawrence did. And when you take a kid like and, that... And this is important. Am I describing the situation right to my audience? In other words, that when he became the platoon leader, he had been warned about these guys on motorcycles, and a number of Americans had been killed and injured in the weeks leading up to, to him taking over that platoon. Am I getting those facts right? Sean, this is John, uh, Colonel Mar. Uh, I'll take that one if that's okay. Yes, you are correct. TP of our opponent is they exploit weaknesses in our rules of engagement and use motorcycles to approach us and detonate themselves as vehicle-borne IEDs or as scouts or probes. And we need to look no further than Bagram, Afghanistan in December of 2015 where a single rider approached six uh, airmen who were on a foot patrol outside the wire and detonated himself, killing all of them. And the tragedy mm-hmm. there is none of those airmen fired their weapon, even though there was a threat because they were probably handcuffed by the very conservative rules of engagement and obviously and regrettably did not defend themselves. Let me ask you, yeah, Congressman yeah, Hunter, because you've kind of been spearheading in this from my perspective, and I'm, I'm not understating the, the support from so many other people. What is your plan now? I mean, I assume at some point you're going to see the president. Him, right? I mean, will you have an opportunity to talk to him about this, or talk to Reince Priebus, or bring it up to the bring it to the attention of Paul Ryan, somebody that sees the president regularly, or because yeah, it's this the type of thing go, that has to be to followed up on. What's that? This has to go straight to Trump, and you've already done what I would do. So, number one, I was talking to your producer earlier. We we should probably look at the UCMJ and see if there's a way to protect our warfighters after a president sends our men and women to war and then doesn't back them up, like is in this case. What in the UCMJ, the actual military law, can we change to give men on the ground the benefit of the doubt in situations like this. And by the way, you're describing it perfectly to your listeners. I was a lieutenant with a bunch of guys under me in in Fallujah. There was nobody in uniform. There were enemies all over, and I would have killed these guys, too. I mean, I've I've looked at the tactics of what happened. I I, I would have shot these guys, too. Explain the DNA. Explain the DNA component. Post-sentencing, new evidence emerged in this case. I don't care which one of you wants to explain what that evidence is. Oh, Sean, this is John, uh, Clint's attorney, or one of Clint's attorneys. The DNA evidence is uh, contained on databases that are used throughout Afghanistan that have been assembled since the start of the war, where they're interoperable. So, for example, when we come across a local national, our soldiers and Marines normally will enroll the person by taking an iris scanner, a fingerprint, and their picture, a digital image, and they're assigned a biometric enrollment number, much like
like your driver's license or your social security card. That database then, when we go out and we find either bombs that need to be diffused before they detonate or when bombs have detonated, we do a sensitive site exploitation, more or less like a crime scene investigation, and fingerprint and test for DNA on those IED components. Right. If the fingerprints are found on the bombs that match the people in the database, you've now discerned the enemy, terrorists, jihadists from the local population. So in other words, we identified that the people that were killed that day were jihadists and that he made the right decision and likely saved the lives of how many numbers of platoon members. A fair statement? That is a fair statement, Sean. I'm not rightly sure if they're jihadists, but their fingerprints were on bomb components at grid coordinates where U.S. personnel have been killed and wounded. All right, I'm going to let you all go. We'll keep up on the story of Clint Lorenz and, of course, Christian Saucier. Thank you all for being with us. Thank you for your, your efforts to help these poor men that have been railroaded in so many different ways. The final hour of the Sean Hannity Show is up next. Hang on for Sean's conservative solutions. There's two kind of people that end up on the Supreme Court. One group, they're in there to determine your rights. The other group, and the one we want, they're the ones who defend your rights that God gave you. That's a big difference. What we all need to remember is currently Justice Scalia. What a Supreme Court justice. I mean, devout man, Bible-believing, God-fearing man. We are at a crossroads. So in the next few weeks, the one that will be appointed to fill Scalia's position, if it goes our way, strict constitutionists, that's 5-4. You reckon God had a hand in this or what? And probably there'll be one more, maybe two. So you click on to fightforthecourt.org. Let's all fight this battle together. Let's march forward. Let's be vigilant. And if God is for us, who can be against us? All right, that's my buddy Phil Robertson, star of Annie's Duck Dynasty, chairman of Fight for the Court, and a longtime friend. And uh, he's probably one of the most kick-ass human beings, unbridled, pound you in the head with whatever he wants to say, people I've ever met in my life. Mr. Robertson, how are you, sir? I am doing well. I'm on the riverbank, and uh, (laughs) and I am watching the (laughs) left-wing crowd that almost took over the United States of America. I'm watching them, and I almost feel like a voice crying out in the wilderness. Now, look, Sean, look, I listen to you every day, Sean Hannity. I always watch you. I listen to your words. In my studied opinion, you have yet to change the mind of one left-winger your entire career. (laughs) Are you calling me a failure? uh, No, because I'm here to inform you today for your listeners. On top of that, you say, I feel Robertson who have been preaching the gospel of Jesus, bringing people to Jesus, you say, have you, Phil Robertson, ever converted one left-winger in your career that you know of? Sean, not one. But you this election, but, but hang on a second. I've let me converted let, one, so you say. Listen, I don't know what impact I have. You know, people all these years, oh, talk radio's impact, talk radio's poisoning the minds of people, Fox News. How many times did Obama trash me in the Fox News channel and Rush Limbaugh on talk radio? I'm so sick of his whining, and thank God he's gone. Just remember, but here's, but, ha- but something happened. All they tell me, I don't own a cell phone or a computer. They just give me, they just tell me this. <laughs> they say, Phil, they're cursing you, and I'm yeah. like, really? Here's the thing. 
if yeah. you will allow me during this little session, I will enlighten you and your audience on what the real issue is. You have to remember, think about this, Sean, when all of the pundits, all of the polls, everybody, Donald Trump was a joke. Ha, 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 Donald Trump, some guy been whoring around, which I used to whore around myself. And I would uh, dare say that most of the people in the United States of America have done some grievous sins committed against God. Would you agree? Mr. Robertson, if I had to expose everything I've done on this radio show... Uh, I'd quit tomorrow before I ever started posting everything. You notice all of the left wingers, all of the pundits, all of the polls. I was looking at it unfold, and I kept saying the same thing: If God wants Donald Trump in the White House, he's going in, irregardless. Because look, the only entity that the left wingers, the only one they didn't factor in was God himself. And Let that's me ask why you this it question. was such a shock to them when the Almighty, who is not sleeping, said, no, <laughs> I'll tell you what, time for a change, America, where I'm going to put you on the right track. That's why, as you've noticed, all of the people he's surrounded himself with, starting with the Vice President Pence and all the rest of them, that's why you see them scrambling to try to debunk women like Betsy DeVos. you you got to remember, Sean, the evil one, here's the battle. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against it's the powers of It's principalities of, dark of, of darkness. But listen, when, look, I'm not the biblical scholar you are, but I did study theology. I did, I did study Latin for a time. I did go to a seminary in high school, and believe me, Within three days, they said, we don't want you. You're incorrigible. And at that time of my life, I was pretty incorrigible. But, but something else—listen, I agree with you. I believe in divine destiny. I agree with you that God's not asleep. I wish he would fall asleep at certain moments in my life and not look at certain things that are going on. But in all seriousness, there was—you know, uh, there were voices. There were those of us out here that saw this very differently— Just like, for example, I kind of think I was on an island warning the country in 2007 and 2008 how horrible Obama was. I I was on the ground traveling the country in 2015 and 2016. I saw the Trump movement rise in its and the growth and the power of this movement. And I knew something big was going on. And I was explaining to people that wouldn't listen to me that hate me. Over at the NRO or Wall Street Journal or Weekly Standard, all these, you know, pseudo intellectual snobs that were wrong the whole time, that he means what he says. I am not surprised Neil Gorsuch is his Supreme Court pick. I am not surprised he's building the wall. I'm not surprised he's vetting refugees. I'm not surprised he's eliminating Obamacare. Listen, I'm not surprised he's, he's getting rid of regulations so listen, we can be energy independent. Listen, Donald Trump, and how long has he been in that, 13 days or something? This is his 14th day today. I'm not kidding. I've never seen that much get Done. accomplished so <laughs> rapidly. Said, and I'm 70 years old. He said, have you ever seen anything like that? You I have look never a day over 69, like I swear. You got to remember uh, the battle we're up against because they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. God gives them over. He's given them over to do what ought not to be done. What you're witnessing, the response to Donald Trump winning the presidency, what you're witnessing is complete and utter lawlessness, which is the definition of sin. Nobody in the news media, because the news media is controlled by the same forces 
that control the left-wingers. You say, did they grab a hold of in the last 60 years? Did they end up with evil forces? Look, they control the news media. They control the education system from that's why they're after Betsy DeVos. She wants to shake it up. So this thing with Donald Trump being in there and going down the godly road, think about Judge Gorsuch. He weathered, Sean, he weathered Harvard. He weathered uh, Columbia. He weathered Oxford. And the left-wingers didn't lay a glove on him. He come out of that kind of, uh, I would call, fireball left-wing ideology. And you say, that sucker came out with his faith intact and his belief that there is a difference between the Supreme Court and the Supreme Being. You understand what I'm telling you? Listen, I'm, I'm totally listening to what you're saying. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I've, I have come to find you one of the more, more amazing people I've ever met in my life. And it was funny because I had you and, and Willie Robertson, your son, on, and you guys were debating whether it should be Cruz or Trump. And in the beginning, you were Cruz, but as soon as Cruz was out, you were a big Trump supporter. And you have a very powerful voice in the country and because of your popularity of, of Duck Dynasty, number one, and number two. I mean, you're more than anything else. You're a, a fire and brimstone preacher. I mean, when I went out to visit you in West Monroe, I mean, I watched your TV show. You wanted to pull me out in a swamp with alligators in the swamp and dunk my head and baptize me. And the and I reason said, I told you that 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 Jesus died for you. I believe that. The reason I'm giving you that, you say, well, what was the purpose going back to Gorsuch and the law? The purpose of the law, Galatians 3:22 and 3:23, before Jesus came. Before our faith in him came, Sean, the Ten Commandments, listen, that is that, that are now hanging above the head of the Supreme Court of the United States. You say, what's right above their head as they make these laws? What's on the doors of the Supreme Court cham uh, chambers? It's the Ten Commandments, the law given to Moses that he gave to the people. You say... Our founders did not want the Supreme Court justices to forget that. God let me, wanted let me, them to know, I am the one lawgiver, and I am the judge. And you folks need to remember working under me to put my laws forth for the people. You need to remember, you need to vet your thinking and your lawmaking and the, the, the putting forth the law. You need to remember, you need to vet that through my laws, and if you do so... You'll be blessed as a nation. We well, I got to add one thing to that. We legalize the the murder of little children. We we legalize perversion. You're like, uh oh, we should have consulted with God. All they had to do, those Supreme Court justices, and Judge Roberts said it best when they did the marriage thing. Marriage now, grown men can marry. Judge Roberts said, "Who do we think we are?" My answer to Judge Roberts would be. You stepped in God's shoes, Judge. You should not have done that. You should have listened to what God said in his law he gave to Moses. Well, let me let me just say one thing, and, and there are probably some people that will take offense because you're you're advocating a theological base for your government under underpinnings. But let yep. me add, let me add this. If you read Common Sense by Thomas Paine, 
the great pamphleteer. Yep. He actually, it, it, there's a very, very good passage in that book where he says, were the guides and dictates of one's conscience irresistibly obeyed, there would be no need for any other lawmaker. And he said that not being the case, meaning man has fallen, my yep. interpretation, yep. that governments are formed as a result of human beings being in this fallen condition. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I do. Let me ask you a question. So you're willing to risk my life, throw me in a swamp with alligators, and you know there are alligators in there, and baptize me. And I said, well, why don't you just put me in a swimming pool, put me in a bathtub? I'm not yeah. going out there with alligators. And look, we will do, we'll find us a warm jacuzzi for you New Yorkers <laughs> like yourself, Steve. All right, yeah. I want you to hold it right there because i got to take a break. i got to pay bills here, and we'll come back, and then I want to know your Super Bowl prediction. Phil Robertson, Duck Dynasty, and at the bottom of this half hour, we'll get to your calls, 800 941 Are you ready to get out of the media spin room? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, that's going to wrap things up. Many, many thanks uh, to our big, massive affiliate down here in Houston, Texas, News Radio 740 KTRH. Uh, we're doing the show from Houston tonight, and we'll kind of break it up a little bit, but we have now ratcheting up tension with Iran, and they now have been put on notice, and the Trump administration is bringing in new sanctions. They have sent a Navy destroyer off the coast of Yemen. Trump tweeted out, Iran is playing with fire. They don't appreciate how kind President Obama was to them, not me. So we're following that, Dr. Gorka tonight, the latest on left-wing agitators. We'll preview the Super Bowl with Stephen A. Smith, Chris Carter, Jim Gray, Tiki Barber, Joe Namath, Tim Tebow, and Bob Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. All right, that's all coming up tonight. Usual time, 10 Eastern from Houston. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see you tonight at 10 from Houston, 10 Eastern, and back here on Monday. It's Friday party time. We're in Houston for the Super Bowl. Little FGL, Florida, Georgia line. Get your shine on. Strawberry shimmer on hot lips. Silver buckle hanging off her hips. I sparkle when she smiles. Shine down the radio dial. Get your party light on. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Come on, you're beginning to feel it. And Trump's president. Little Kentucky clear. I don't like vodka on the rocks. Turn your party lights on. Get your shine on. Let's shoot a few bullets in the moon. What do you think? Hit it.
Try and keep up with this rap part. We pray on them some days. Hoping for someday. Mixtapes got a little Hank, little Drake, a little something bumping, thump, thumping on the wheel ride. The mix and our drinks a little stronger than you think. So get a grip, take a sip of that, feel right. Trucks jacked up, flat bills slip back. Yeah, you can find us where the We're in Houston, this is where the party's at. Light it up, hands up. How we do? Shooting bullets at the moon, baby. This is how we roll. I know some of you think I'm nuts. I don't care. Keep up. That's how we roll. Maybe you're planning a, a fun weekend, quiet, kind of a holy weekend with the person you love. We continue with FGL. The song's called Holy. It's their latest number one hit. And the winter came and the sky thought to only bring the rain. I sat in darkness, all broken hearted. A day I didn't feel alone, I never meant to cry, started losing hope, but somehow, baby, you broke through and saved me.
that's a little Friday. Try and wind down. Football Friday, Super Bowl Friday, fun on the Sean Hannity Show, and Donald Trump's president. So there's another reason to be happy. All right, 800-941-SEAN. Many thanks to our affiliate here in Houston, uh, our good friends at News Radio 740 KTRH. What a great affiliate, and uh, we have a lot of friends down here. It's been a lot of fun. Anyway, we're going to be doing the show TV tonight, Hannity. Now, we have Donald Trump warning Iran they're playing with fire and now instituting new sanctions, and they have been put on notice. And we'll have a full update on all of this tonight. we got to pay very close attention. And a Navy destroyer was moved to the coast of Yemen. So, um, you know, we better be really, really alert. I, I would not put it past Donald Trump to partner with Jordan and Egypt and the Saudis and Israel. And I think it's time to take out these people are evil. They're the number one state sponsor of terror. And I'd love to see their nuclear sites taken out sooner than later. And you better be ready. Now, is that going to be a full-fledged war? No, it doesn't need to be. You throw in your bunker buster bombs. Now, it's a very difficult military maneuver. The Iranians, are, they may be evil, but they're not stupid. And what they have done is they have moved them all throughout the country. And they've buried them deep underground. But if we don't get rid of those sites, you know, you want a formula for a nuclear holocaust? Well, add radical Islamic terrorists, Iranian mullahs with weapons of mass destruction, and you've got a holocaust the likes the world has never seen. We'll check in with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. He's the one that wrote the book about, yes, we can defeat ISIS, deputy assistant now to President Trump in the White House. Then we'll have the latest on these left-wing agitators. Then we're going to have some football fun tonight. We got my buddy Stephen A. Smith. We got my buddy Jim Gray. We got Chris Carter, NFL Hall of Famer. We got Joe Namath tonight, Tiki Barber, Tim Tebow tonight, and the owner of the New England Patriots, a guy that I got to know recently, Bob Kraft, really a cool guy. I don't care if you don't like the Patriots or not. you got to give this guy credit. He knows how to win. And, all right, let's get to our busy phones, uh, 800-941-SEAN. Debbie is in Clinton, North Carolina. Debbie, how are you? Welcome to Houston, Texas. Hey, Sean. Thank you. It's great to talk with you. Hey, it's great I to talk to you. Say, thank you. I just want to say every day is like Christmas since Trump became president. It's it certainly so a lot good. getting done every day, right? It's amazing. Certainly so. It's opening up a present every day. He's taking care of business. We sent a wake-up call to Washington. Obviously, the corrupt media is in, doesn't get it. But I think I'd like to propose something. There's millions of us that voted for Trump. We are so thrilled with what he's doing. Why don't we send a message to the corrupt media? And why don't we all send cards to Trump saying thank you? Everybody send a card to the White House. and saying, Let me thank just you tell you about you. the corrupt media because keep, they keep reporting fake news. They just, mm -hmm. it never ends. I went through the whole list yesterday. I won't repeat it all today. All they do is fake news. You know what the single best thing you can do to tell the corrupt media, the alt-left radical colluding with Hillary Clinton media? You know what you can do? What? Just tune them out. If media oh, yeah. is not honest, not truthful, if they're abusively biased, if they've got an agenda and they're lazy. And I keep saying they're a bunch of lazy, overpaid, you know, agenda-driven millionaires. They're overpaid brats. I know these people. You know, there's a reason I've never been to a White House correspondence dinner. Never. Well, and I don't want to go. I agree with you. Because I don't want to be around these people. I don't like them, and I know I know that they're phonies. And I'm, and I'm not alone when I say this. And also, not just the corrupt media, but don't go to the movies of some of these people that have right. to say all the, you know, don't buy, uh, download their tunes on iTunes, you know. You know, I'm, I'm the executive producer, and this will be out at Thanksgiving this year, and I'm not, I'm not spending time promoting it. I made a movie with Kevin Sorbo, you know Hercules? 
Yes, and I, I remember you mentioning this movie. Before. All right, and the reason, I'm going to tell you why I did it, and I, I put a lot of money into it, and I may lose my shirt on this, and I've never taken a financial risk like this before, and the reason I did it is I'm, I have Cinemax, I have Showtime, I have Reels, I have HBO, I have every channel that's ever been made in the history of cable. I've got every channel on, on uh, what do I have, Dish TV, Direct TV, whatever, one of those, and... You know, I just, when I can't, when I go through 500 or 600 or 800 channels and I can't find anything I want to watch, there's something wrong. Their movies are so formulaic. They're so uninspiring. So we got together. This script, I think, is amazing. With more plots, twists, turns, and it's got an uplifting message. And you can bring your kids to it. And it's, it's called Let There Be Light. And yes, we mentioned Jesus in the movie. You know, it's like I just wanted to do something different. And and, and by the way, it's for people of all faiths. It's not just it, it's not it's not a proselytizing movie, but it's one that I think will move every person so far that I have shown the early cut of this movie to has cried and laughed. And that's what I wanted to go for. So I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I lose a lot of money. I don't really give a rip about money that much. I grew up with no money most of my life. What do I care, right? You know what? It's what we need right now in this country. Yeah, you're right. I don't I can't go to their movies anymore. I did go see Clint Eastwood's uh Hacksaw Ridge. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie had a message. It was based on a true story. It was brilliantly put together. I loved it. You know, I like entertaining movies. I, I watch Braveheart any day of the week. I'll watch Gladiator over and over. What's that? What are you saying in my ear? Because when it's you talk Mel Gibson, in my ear, not Clint Eastwood. You no, know, it was Mel Gibson who did Hacksaw Ridge, and then you know he did Braveheart. He did The Passion of the Christ. And Hollywood hated him because he wasn't perfect, and he got drunk and said stupid stuff one day, you know, because people had beaten him up so bad over the passion of the Christ. I think I think he took it too personally myself. But now he's, you know what, he's back. And, you know, guys like him and Clint Eastwood, even Sylvester Stallone, you know what, I like the Rocky movies. I like the movies. What was the other series that he, Rambo, I love those series. You know, I like any movie that tells me a story about either true people or inspires me or, you know, kick-ass individuals and characters or uplifting. And so many of these movies are horrible. You know, my kids sometimes want to watch a Will Ferrell movie. I'm like, it's horrible. I don't know. I don't know why they like him. I don't get it. So I'm going to give it a shot. So Debbie, we'll see how it goes. Maybe you'll be the only one that goes to see it. I don't Whatever. think so. Have fun well, we'll in Houston. See. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate it. Michael is in North Babylon, New York, holding down the fort while I'm away. What's up, uh, Michael? How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. Great to uh, great to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to uh, call, and especially after uh, what happened in Berkeley, um, I want to encourage you to go to Berkeley and speak. And I'm going to volunteer to be uh, part of your security team. You know, bring your sensei, everything like that. But uh, I'm a retired Marine infantry officer, and I've worked global security, and I'm Got references from General Mattis, uh, wow. Kelly, and Dunford. Listen, I'll tell you right now, I am never, and this is a, something that I think everybody should learn in their life. My daughter this week at school had to give her first public speech. She was dreading it. She thought she did terrible after it. I went over it with her. I gave her every technique I know. And I said, sweetheart, I said, you've seen me speak in front of you know, tens of thousands of people, you just don't think about it. Just put your hands together and tell your story and focus on what you want to say. Anyway, I, w- I don't want, 
and I said to her, you can't live your life in fear. I'd like to go out there and speak at Berkeley if the college Republicans want me. But what I don't want to do is incite a riot just by showing up because then innocent people get hurt and then, then property gets destroyed. So, you know, I don't want to go out there for my own selfish purposes. But I will say this. Janet Napolitano has a duty to get a hold of that university and say, we accept diversity. We accept opinions that we may not agree with. They had no problem at Columbia when when Adolf Ahmadinejad spoke there. Conservatives didn't stop him from speaking. Anyway, we'll take your number down. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. John Hannity's on right now. All right, that's going to wrap things up. Many, many thanks uh, to our big, massive affiliate down here in Houston, Texas, News Radio 740 KTRH. Uh, we're doing the show from Houston tonight, and we'll kind of break it up a little bit, but we have now ratcheting up tension with Iran, and they now have been put on notice, and the Trump administration is bringing in new sanctions. They have sent a Navy destroyer off the coast of Yemen. Trump tweeted out, Iran is playing with fire. They don't appreciate how kind President Obama was to them, not me. So we're following that. Dr. Gorka tonight, the latest on left-wing agitators. We'll preview the Super Bowl with Stephen A. Smith, Chris Carter, Jim Gray, Tiki Barber, Joe Namath, Tim Tebow, and Bob Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. All right? That's all coming up tonight. Usual time, 10 Eastern from Houston. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see you tonight at 10 from Houston, 10 Eastern, and back here on Monday. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And for a limited time, get more fun for less with the Michigan Bundle for just $49.99. Exclusive to Michigan residents only. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.